Welcome to another edition of the Austin Business Podcast. I'm your host, Gus Gavinaugh. Today, I'm joined by Brad Kreiser, the owner-founder of Kreiser's Natural Pet. Brad, could you tell us really quickly, uh, one, thanks for coming on, and then two, what, what exactly do you do? Oh, well, thanks for having me, Gus. Uh, well, we are a natural pet food supplies and grooming stores uh, located throughout the United States, and we focus on all-natural products for your dogs and cats to help them to live the happier, healthier lives and longer lives. Uh, we're basically here just to be able to help the pets. That's what we do. That makes sense. And a lot of people in Austin is a pet-friendly town. I thought D.C. was pet-friendly. Uh, Austin is way more pet-friendly than that. Um, uh, what's that? Yeah, Austin is definitely a pet-friendly town. It's a great town. Yeah. So how did you get into the, to the pet food business? Well, uh, I got into the business about, let's see, it was 2000, and I was in Chicago, and I opened up Pet Care Services Center that had uh, boarding, daycare, grooming, training, and retail. And uh, I opened up in Chicago in a pretty middle-class neighborhood, being able to get a large-scale facility where I can also house dogs overnight. Not a lot of people like that in their neighborhood. Uh, and as part of that was a small part of the, of the 10,000-square-foot facility was retail. And uh, it was all-natural products in there and really looked at it as a convenience for my customers that were coming in for the services parts of the business. And very quickly, it started to grow in, uh, in Chicago, and people started coming in because we had established a place where it had the quality products, but not just that, which is also still paramount to what we do, which is educating the customer on what this is and what the difference is and why natural pet food is important and all of these different things. So, you know, as that progressed and I saw that there was an opportunity there, and uh, really looked at the way that the uh, pet supplies market and the stores that existed out there as they were. You had your big box stores, and then you pretty much had your mom and pop stores, which was similar to mine, you know, kind of thrown together and uh, not much of a real retail environment uh, and wanted to just recreate that and create something that people not only can come in and be educated and learn and have the best products and not have to worry about it, but also an aesthetically a pleasing environment that you want to spend time in and you want to visit. So, Kaiser's was born. Excellent. I, well, I love that story. So, a couple questions. Um, did you? When did you originally come upon the idea of opening a pet services location with, with a little bit of retail? When did that When did that idea occur to you? That have, well, I've always been looking at pet opportunities for my life. It's something, one of those things where, you know, it was always kind of a pipe dream where what could you really do with pets that was going to be able to be uh, a good living? I wanted to have a family and be able to support. Uh, so it was something that I didn't you know, know could really happen. But then in about 1998 is when I started looking at uh, the way that people looked at their pets differently. There were some different service centers that were opening up uh, that I had seen, you know, that had maybe just daycare or one thing, but didn't really have everything. So my whole thing was is to take this and, our, our original tagline was all your dog needs under one roof. And we had boarding, daycare, grooming, training, retail. We even had massage therapy. Wow. So, um, so it, was a, uh, it was something you know, pretty pioneering at the time that nobody was really doing. And, uh, and so really kind of started concepting it out in 1998, 1999, and opened up in 2000. Wow. How do you concept out an idea like that? I'm curious. You know, it was one of those things where... I was uh, working in the uh, in the corporate world, 
uh, working at that time for an internet company, and, um, you know, just was not happy with what I was doing, and kind of did that sitting down and really saying, what do you want to wake up for? What, 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 what would really, you know, get you going every day and, and do that? And I always have loved pets, like I had already said, and so I started really looking at what kind of opportunity could I create with that. And, uh, and that's when I started looking at it and saying, you know what, I think there's something here. This is a trend that's going. I, I can do it uh, better than anyone else and set out to do it. Excellent. I, so you, but still had to take a pretty big plunge there. I mean, uh, you know, maybe today someone has an idea for a software as a service app and they, they can build it with very little cost and no real risk. But you opened up a 10,000 square foot location. I mean, you, you had, a, I assume, a significant amount of monthly costs coming in right from the start. Yeah, it was, it was, you know, it's like any business, it's a risk. You know, there's, there's, there's not a business out there, even in, in software, that you know that, that you can go on. There's not a, a high level of risk with being able to do it. You just got to be smart. You got to, uh, you know, figure out what your plan is beforehand and then try and execute it on it to be able to get the customers in. You know, and I had a plan from the beginning, and we really went out while I was building and started generating, uh, uh, you know, traffic and getting the excitement going and. Um, was able to, you know, start off, you know, relatively strong at the beginning, but still doing everything myself at the beginning. I mean, it was absolutely insane from running from the kennel to the back up to the front when a customer would come in. It was just, uh, you know, it's a lot of work, but it's uh, got to be dedicated. People work out. Gotcha. Well, uh, along those lines, you mentioned that the retail was originally maybe not an afterthought, but secondary to the to the all of the services the services you were offering as the core business. How did, when did yeah. you notice or, you know, and how did you find, how did you come across or have that realization where, hey, actually, I'm really in the retail business. Maybe that's where the money is. Well, you know, I mean, it was, it was, it was a combination. I mean, both the services side was doing well, which is what helped to generate traffic coming in that we're able to see the retail side. So that was a good part of that to be able to get that going. But what really was it was is that we were just so unique and different with what our offerings were. And, you know, if there's one thing about the pet community is pet community talks to each other. And they tell each other and when they're, they're excited to talk about their pets. So it was something that the word of mouth spread very quickly for it and started to see myself bringing in more and more. And I mean, I really had 600 square, 600 to 800 square feet of retail space, which is a tiny, tiny store, especially when you're also selling big bags of 33. At that time, you would even sell 40-pound bags of food. Um, but uh, it was uh, it, it was the realization that you know that people were coming in, and I saw that there was uh, that this trend in natural food for pets I thought was going to be going somewhere and was going to become something. Just as you know, Whole Foods in 2000 started really taking off uh, uh, with with natural for people. Makes sense. That makes so much sense. And you said also that educating the customer was critical to that initial growth. What what efforts did you take, or how did you go about educating your customers around natural food? I mean, well, we, we educated ourselves, and every customer that came in was, it wasn't just a place that you walked into, you picked up something, and you walked out. When you came in, we were going to talk to you all about your pets, what's going on with them, are there any issues, um, those kind of things, and really able to be helped to, 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 A, find out that, but also to educate them about the differences between what's in most, what was in most uh, commercial pet food and most of what they were all of what they were doing, and the difference of what it was between their foods and the foods that we sold, which was, you know, pretty easy to make them understand 
uh, once you were able to talk to them. And, you know, you, you don't want to feed your pet something that you would definitely not ever put into your mouth. Interesting. So did you have, were there, was there, how big was the market for natural pet food back then in terms of sourcing inventory? No, it was tiny. I mean, when I started, there were probably eight to ten brands that existed, um, all small and starting out at the time. Um, nobody was anybody yet, so there was really very few. You know, today I, I, I mean, I probably have access to close to, you know, 150 plus brands. Wow! So it's grown. It's grown at least ten times, close to fifteen times. Oh, oh, absolutely. It's it's. The natural market is the is the, for the pet the pet market is the fastest growing market within it, um, as far as from the retail side. So and it has been you know for many many years now, um, and considering continuing to accelerate growth. What were your biggest challenges back then? So you you know you came across this. There's only a, more a little bit more than a handful. A basketball team of people selling natural pet food. You've nailed it. People are buying it. What happened then? As your, did you hit a peak capacity with the first store, and then how did you decide to take the plunge and open the second, or did you open more than one right after that? What was the what was the thought process, and how did that work? Well, my plan was not to just open up one store. So what I did was, is in my first plan, uh, in my first round, I knew I wanted to open up three stores and test out three different types of areas to see if my concept worked. So I picked three distinct different types of markets in the Chicago area and uh, opened the first store and then the second and third stores, um, you know, within, a, within the next year from that um, to test out the concept and make sure that it was something that would stand out, not just in, a, in the city of Chicago, but also in a suburb and then also in a downtown area of Chicago. So wanted to, you know, make sure that worked. And as, as all of those locations continued to work, you know, felt confident to be able to then go out and, uh, you know, I raised funds to be able to uh, expand and start opening up more stores. What was your initial hiring experience like? If you, you know, managing, do, basically doing everything yourself at first in, in store one, how do you find managers or employees for your, your subsequent locations when you're still small? You know, one of the great things about this market, and it's definitely not like this in every other uh, industry, but People that want to work in a pet supply store are usually a, a different breed, and they're very it's, they're very devoted to the pets, and they look at things in a different way, especially when they're working in a place that they can have a positive impact on the pets there. So it really turns into a place that people, I mean, we don't have a problem finding really great people because there's uh, so many great pet people out there with great experiences that want to come in, and they're so passionate about what they do when they get into it, especially seeing what they're given by working at Chrysler's and the opportunities that they have. So it's, it's, it was, you know, it, it, you know, you have hits and misses, everybody's going to make some bad hires, that's for sure. Um, but, you know, all in all, we were, we were luckier than most, I think, with that, you know. And, and as far as the retail goes, our retail has, you know, very, very high turnover rates normally. We have actually, have, you know, it, 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 very low turnover rates because people like what they do. They like staying with us. That makes sense. So if you were to look back, if you had a chance to talk to yourself at the beginning, you know, knowing what you know now, is there one piece of advice or one, one thing you would tell yourself at the, from back into, to your 1998, Brad? 
You know, I think that the biggest thing that you want to do, and one of the, some of the mistakes that I made, was who you made partnerships with, um, you know, and really making right decisions and maybe take a little longer and looking at who you're going to align yourself with for certain things, whether that be consultants or whether that be a partner in itself in your business that you want to take on, um, you know, and really take a look at that and make sure that it's going to work because that can be very, very difficult when you make those, those bad decisions up front and having to change them, you know, at the beginning. And it can end up, I see a lot of businesses that make those decisions and make bad ones like that at the beginning and fail, you know. The other thing is, is you really got to make sure that you got, I think that, you know, really understanding how much money it's going to cost to keep your doors open if it doesn't go, you know, everyone thinks their business is going to do great right away. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that it can take some time for businesses to be built. And you got to be able to have the cash flow to be able to keep the doors open. You know, so it's, it's very important to be able to look and see what your, your hard costs are going to be and, and, and understand what those are going to be because those fixed costs are not going to go away. And if you can't pay your rent, you can't pay your utilities, and you can't pay your employees, and you can't pay your vendor bills, you know, to keep your product in, whether you're a restaurant or a retailer or whatever you do, um, it's, it's, you know, you obviously can't sustain. So, you know, I think it's very important to really take a look and know what your worst-case scenario is if nothing good happens for 6 to 12 months. And can you sustain that? And keep your doors open while you're building it, because otherwise you're going to spend a lot of money to get it open and close it very quickly, and all of that will be lost. You know, and a lot of people make the mistake too of, of you know, of, of getting themselves into deep on leases and things like that, signing very long personal guarantees, and that can really backfire on someone, especially if you're in a down market and, re- and, le- and uh, your space can't be leased again quickly. You're going to be on the hook for paying your rent personally. You know, if you're starting out, landlords are not going to let you have a space without guaranteeing it. You know, it's just it, they just won't do it. So it's a it, it can be it can be a, it can be a challenge to be able to do it. So watch your cash flow. <laughs> It's a sobering look at the at the retail world or any any uh, in store. You know, twelve months of of bad or no cash flow. Be ready for that. That sounds that sounds quite monumental. I I can imagine. I mean, I could just think of a person saying, "Well, I'm not going to make any money, and I have to pay my rent for twelve months. My own living expenses it would be significant, let alone an actual business." So uh, maybe to to kind of go towards today. What are your biggest challenges? And conversely, what are the things that are most exciting about the, the, the business you run right now? You know, for, for me, what's most exciting is, is that, you know, the, the, the opportunities that we have right now for growing the business and, you know, taking our mission to so many more places. You know, I mean, I got into this business for a very specific reason, and that was to help pets live happy, healthier lives. And... You know, it stayed 100% true to that mission and what we do and everything that we do since day one for 11 years now with Chrysler's and for 17 years uh, in total. Um, but, um, you know, so for me right now, being able to see, you know, what we've worked so hard on to be able to, you know, bring to the public and bring to the people is actually being received well and is making a difference and that we're able to continue to do it because of the success. So, you know, it's very, it's very exciting for me to be able to see that happen and see a lot of great people that I work with to be able to do a lot of great things and grow themselves. It's very, it's, it's, it's really rewarding to see. We have some really great people that have been with us for a long time. 
And right now we're celebrating a, uh, this month I'm celebrating, one of my employees is 10 years this wow. month. That's incredible. I mean, that's just, I don't, I, that's just unheard of these days. Unheard of. Yeah. Well, how about in terms of challenges then? Anything top of mind? Well, you know, I mean, with the growth, you, you also have the challenges of being able to manage the growth and be able to keep yourself, you know, the, keep your mission in the same way of doing things while growing and, and evolving because you have to evolve your processes and your procedures and your operations. But, you know, keeping what your mission is in place um, and, and really sticking to it and making sure that it's consistent um, along the way and that, you know, you're able to continue to do that, especially since we're now, you know, in, you know, multiple states and in multiple markets with different kinds of people and being able to keep it true to what we are the whole way. So far, we've been very successful at it, but, you know, you got to continue to work to make sure you keep that as a company grows in, in size. It's, it's a challenge, you know. And we like to, you know, think big but act small. Great book, by the way, for anyone who wants to read. Yeah, okay, I love that. So, how, what's your process for opening a new store? Uh, for opening a new store, yeah. I, don't, I mean, for us, it's you know, it's finding real estate, uh, you know, and, and finding the, uh, the the appropriate place that fits in with our you know our demographics and what we look for in uh, a location. Um, Culture-wise, I'm sorry. You know, yeah. are, are you there? To, you know, oh, are, you, well, are you setting up each store? How does that work? Can you? Are, do you have processes in place now where that more of that can be delegated? How does that work at, at, at your stage? Oh yeah. Well, that, well, right now, yeah, we have we have store setup teams. So we have we have team that goes in to set up the store um, and get it going and be ready for uh, the grand opening. We do it very very quickly from the time that our construction is done. We can open the store very quickly because of that. Um, you know, with the store openings and that, you know, I'm, I always go to the opening. That's, you know, I've, I've gone to every single one of our openings, except for I did miss one because we had two openings on the same day in two states, separate states. So Good that was a little bit difficult. But, yeah, but I've, uh, I go to all the openings uh, continuously and go there and support the team and, uh, and, and meet everybody and the new customers and with big grand opening celebrations with huge crowds that come out. It's really fun. That sounds that sounds excellent. I mean, and, and it, that seems like a, a concept that maybe for me, as someone with without any real experience in retail, they do have a store setup team. Maybe that could transcend into other into other industries or other businesses where you have a group of people who understand how to maybe bring something to market is a little strong, but just who are involved in actually getting something running versus necessarily maintaining it. Um, I'll, I'm going to chew on that one for a while, Brad. I think you gave a really good idea. Yeah. Uh, another question I have to ask because I look at your website. I love the design, but I notice that you don't. I don't. At least I don't see how I can buy any of your products on your website. I assume that's intentional. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Well, you know, right now what we do have is is that you know, first of all, as you look at is 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 at an e-commerce model and pet um, is a little bit different than others because they're shipping very large bags of food, and the shipping costs are tremendous. And as we all know. Most people today expect um, free shipping or very, very reduced shipping, but mostly free shipping is what people expect these days. And uh, there's really not a lot of room within uh, with being able to ship that at the cost of what it does, with being able to really maintain your margins to be able to make money to survive. There's the companies that are out there that are doing it now, quite frankly, we know are 
are not making money, you know, on it because of the fact there they're just trying to gain customer base and figure it out later. You know, if you look back, and I don't know if you're old enough to remember the old Pets.com days of, course. of the, of the mid-'90s, you know, they had a great marketing campaign, the, one of the best ones ever, you know, with a sock puppet. Everybody knew it, but they went out of business because it was just you couldn't make money doing it with the high shipping costs. You know, things are changing and evolving with the distribution strategies now, but, you know, it's still something. It is something that we will have and do, but what we do now is, is we've actually uh, have agreements, and we work, if you see on the website, that we work with a company called Instacart. And uh, Instacart is a app that you're able to go on and order the products and then have them delivered to your home within two hours. That's brilliant. So just just us, like one more for, for, for groceries. For groceries, exactly. And, you know, and then with pet food, you know, you don't have to actually wait one to two days for it. Now you can still get it right away delivered to your door within two hour window. So, uh, or within two hours of ordering. And uh, so it's, it's that convenience we have for the customers. We will be adding in e-commerce. Uh, it's definitely something that we do because do strongly believe in omni-channel. But, uh, you know, for us, we were concentrating on brick and mortar and didn't throw our hat into a ring that was basically a losing venture for a while now. So, you know, it's not worth it to us to chase something that doesn't work. Right. That makes sense. And I think it's something that's definitely news to me. I, I assume it'll be news to others. But for for all of our, our uh, maybe you could say as consumers, we're spoiled. We want prime ship. You know, I, of course, Amazon, we want two-day shipping. It needs to be free. Uh, and yet for something with that's quite heavy, like bags of dog food uh, or pet food, I can understand how, okay, that makes sense. That would be a difficult thing to ship quickly, inexpensively, thus thus killing the yeah. margins. Um, so. When you look at the future of, of this business, where, where do you see it? It may be less so, or some, you know, I'm asking kind of on two levels. So one would be for yours, your business specifically, but for the industry as a whole, what, what, you know, what are you, what, where do you think we'll be in 10 years or 15 years or, or whatever you consider to be a long-term time horizon? Are you referring to uh, my industry or retail in general? I mean, I'm thinking, I, I, well, I was asking about the, yeah, pets, the pet food. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I think that, uh, you know, there's, there's been a lot of, of, of change in pet uh, in, in the uh, vendor side, the manufacturer side, and the distributor side over the last number of years. There's been a lot of consolidation in those areas um, and a lot of, uh, of, of, of companies that have, you know, gone and, and started working or are owned by other entities now. Um, and I think that we're going to probably start seeing that uh, we are going and are seeing it right now in the uh, retail side of it, where there is a consolidation happening and there are some larger players like myself who are starting to spread themselves across uh, multiple states and opening up uh, multiple stores. And that's, that's where, where I think it's changing. You know, I think that as far as the way, you know, pets are and I think that the the fact that pets are a part of the family and are truly part of the family in the next 10 years is going to do nothing but continue to get stronger. Um, with the change, with the population and who people are and where they are right now, you've got your millennials who are delaying having children, but they have that yearning, so they get pets and the pets are their kids. You have your baby boomers who are all have, are older now and, you know, want to have maybe are, are widowed and, uh, you know, or a different life, and they want to be able to have that companionship, 
You have the empty nesters who have their kids out of the house and want a replacement, you know, and then everyone else in between, you know, who just loves pets and having, you know, the family, having their family pets. So it is, it is going to continue to grow. Pet ownership is continuing to rise. I don't see that changing at all in the future. And the, uh, and the fact of them being a part of a family and treating them in most cases better than themselves is not going to go away anytime soon. Yeah, I can certainly attest to that as a dog owner on the food side. I will eat a lot of crap. Uh, that I would not feed my dog. I, so, uh, Brad, where, what, where would you like to see yourself in five years or ten years? What, what are your plans? Uh, you know, I'm here. I'm growing this business and uh, want to be able to see there and continue to be, you know, an advocate for natural pet and continuing to get out there and, and educate people and have more stores and more areas so that more people can come and learn about this and just keep going. I mean, it's you know, I got I got no plans of slowing down. Love it. What area of the country are you most excited about? There is not one specific area of the country that I'm most excited about. We're, you know, we're currently in, uh, you know, California and in Texas, Illinois, uh, Colorado, and uh, Virginia, D.C. And I'm excited about every single one of those markets. You know, sometimes the California market can be a little bit more difficult because California, as we call the Republic of California can definitely be a little more difficult to do business in. Um, so, you know, some people do avoid California for those reasons. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm, of all of our uh, markets and other areas in the country, there's just there's a lot of white space for us right now. So there's not one area that I would say that I'm most excited about. Okay. And along those lines, is there an, an acquisition? That was going to be my question. Is there a specific growth strategy that... Uh, continuing to do what you're doing, do you have plans to acquire other? As you're talking about this consolidation in the industry, what are what are your thoughts for how the best way to grow or keep growing? Sorry, yeah, you know I think keep growing. I mean, it could be uh, both acquisition and organic growth are definitely both opportunities. Okay, well, can we? Sh- I want to shift a little bit and ask you a question about hiring. Um, I noticed that on your on your you know, uh, open jobs page, you've got sales associates who are pack support and store managers who are pack leaders. Are there, as you're getting bigger, are there things, in your, and, and I know you're saying you're, you're lucky that you're in the pet industry, people are very passionate, they're a, little, they're a different breed. Uh, what, you know, what are you looking for now as, you, as you're expanding, I and mean, what are the types of people, where do you find them? You know, if, uh, if you could have someone call you tomorrow and say, I really want to come work for you, what kind of person would you like to have on the end of that phone? You know, I mean, it's first and foremost, they have to have the passion for pets. It's got to be something that's part of them and something that they want to really, really spend their days and all their time being in and around. Um, you know, but then on top of that, you know, when we look at people, even when we hire someone for, as you said, you know, our, our, our sales support, we really look at people as, as can they be a pack leader someday? And because we are very, very uh, uh, in favor of and do a lot of promoting from within. And so for us, you know, when we're looking for people, we want to see that there's opportunities for them to be able to grow and not someone that's just looking for somewhere to hang their hat for a while and take home a paycheck. Um, and uh, so, you know, it's, it's nice if they have some retail experience out there so that they understand how the retail environment works and, you know, some types of operations and procedures. Um, that, but, you know, we, we, we don't have a set type of person in the store that we look for, you know, there's not a specific education level, um, you know, there's not a specific age by any stretch. We have 
store managers that are from 21 to 61. You know, I mean, it, it does not matter to us whatsoever. Um, so uh, it's it's someone who is ready to get in and roll their sleeves up. They're small stores, so they've got to be able to really, uh, you know, get themselves involved with their customers and really have great customer service skills. Customer service is paramount for what we do. And, you know, you got to be able to want to talk to people all day and you got to be able to work through conflicts and because you'll always have, you know, the people that might not be that happy about something. Um, but, uh, you know, we, and we look at a lot of different areas for, uh, for our employees, you know, there we, you know, we work with uh, different uh, websites and in different ways, but we also have a lot of inbound just from our postings on our pages. People are looking and we get inbound or, oh, if you're opening up the store in this area, let me know and, and all of that kind of thing, which happens every single day. Wow. That's, that's got to be nice. I can't imagine that a lot of other, in the at least in the retail space, have a similar uh, similar inbound employee, you know, resumes coming in for stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, and of course there's going to be a lot of people that are not right um, for it who want to do it. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not like it's easy to be able to find the people, but it's, it's you know, we have at least a decent amount of, uh, of inbound and people that are applying for the jobs that uh, we can, we, 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 we find good ones. I like it. And young or old, if you've got the stuff, they'll figure it out. That makes sense. Well, last question for you, just in, in covering all aspects of the business. If, if I could give you a magic wand and you could wave it and make some problem go away, what would you do with it? Um, you know, I think, that, I think that some of the great parts of, of a business and some of the worst parts of the business is, is being able to deal with, um, you know, different employee personalities, let's say, you know, and being able to have that there's, you know, it can be, you'll ask a lot of people to own business, and it can be the hardest part um, of a business. It's, it's not the customers. It can often be the employees uh, that, 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 that you have. So, you know, being able to wave the magic wand and have everyone follow every rule and do everything that they're supposed to do and, and follow out all the directions, you know, because there are reasons for everything and procedures that we have. Um, that would be my magic wand, but that's never going to happen. You're always going to have be, be, be trying to make that better and better and uh, that. But, uh, you know, you can get better and be more efficient by being able to have those things out there so that they understand, operations manual, so to speak. Excellent. Well, I, I appreciate that answer. And, you know, that's one of the first ones I've heard around employees. So I, I love that question because I always get really different insights into the different businesses. Um, Brett, I really appreciate this. I will give you the final word. If you, anything you'd like to share with the world or with, you know, potential customers or employees, whomever, the floor is yours, sir. <laughs> well, I don't thank, thank, thanks for having me on. You know, glad to be able to be a part of this. You know, I, I really, you know, it, it's a joy to me to be able to talk to people about starting a business and talk to people all the time and I teach classes from time to time and, and go and do that because I, I, it's, it's nice to be able to help people off on the right track and answer those questions because there's nothing better, you know, everyone's going to make mistakes, but you know what, if you got to go out and seek out people that have done it before, ask them questions, listen, you can take it or leave it, but you really should seek out for others and don't think that you know everything. That's what I would say. <laughs> I love it. That's learn. Great. Go, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have cut you off. You were rolling. I love it. You, you, you can learn a lot from a lot of different people. And if you don't take advantage of that, and if you don't do that, you're a fool. You're an absolute fool. So get out there and talk and learn and listen and 
you'll evolve your own, you'll, you'll evolve your own opinions, and that's great, and you should. But don't think that you're the end all, know all of everything, because you're not. I, well, and then I'll say I'll close with then. What the other thing you should do is go to Chrysler's Natural Pet. Uh, there's one location on North Lamar and then a second, I believe, in the Austin area on Research Boulevard. And then your website, sir, That's and I will, put, I will put this into the show notes, but is, uh, uh, well, is it, it is Chrysler's.Catstone.com or did I move over to the, oh, I'm on your employment page. I'm sorry. I'm butchering your website. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'll make sure that the Chrysler's.com. I'm sorry. Yeah, ChrysLers.com. Yeah, we'd love for anybody to come in. Let us come in and educate you, show you. You'll be love the store. You come in and ask any question that you need, and you'll just love the products. You can walk around the entire store, and unless your dog or cat has an allergy, which we're great at being able to deal with, you can feel comfortable with every product in the store because I worried about that for you. So enjoy it. I hope everyone does. And, uh, and if you come to the website, too, and ever have a question, you email me from the website, and that goes directly to me. I answer all questions personally. I love it. Well, that's fantastic. Brad, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. Thanks, guys. All righty. Bye-bye.